0: Learn more at marines.com. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He's Chris Alec from Latrobe currently, but we're going to pretend that he's in Baltimore and we recorded this Friday night instead of Thursday night. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i'm alex Stone, safe and sound in pittsburgh pennsylvania before i start the west coast trip chris how you doing man i'm doing great uh getting ready to switch on over from uh
1: covering uh, steelers training camp and uh get to cover the pirate series in baltimore it's my first trip to camden yards i'm excited about it i i
0: like um, that ballpark i i went there once i think it's a little overrated but it's still a good oh, ballpark
1: I see. I've heard nothing but I've heard that from a lot of people that I that I know that have worked in the game for a long time and have have covered either games at either every state every ballpark or most ballparks. Camden Yards is always one of the ones
0: that I usually hear is near top of the list. So,
1: yeah, I gotta try. Apparently, I have to try crab cakes while I'm there. So,
0: yes, definitely Um, get crab cakes, seafood whenever you're in Baltimore. Some of the best. Uh, Yeah, Old Bay will be on everything is is what i've been led to believe and uh i've been told uh that we
1: um unlike we have to do at pnc park or nationals park or uh the rangers new ballpark um that foul balls are actually in play in the press box so um yeah, they are in milwaukee i experienced that we had about three come in in milwaukee and apparently that's a thing at camden yards too so i'll have to be ready to move my computer at any at any
0: second milwaukee (laughs) is the best one because they've got the uh dry wood or you know just plastered and it's full of holes of you know yep 100 x 100 plus mile per hour exit villas have just drilled holes into this wall they're like now we're we're not gonna repair that that's just there forever that's that's the best one
1: yeah, I think it is pretty cool. They write down the who the batter was, who was pitching, like yeah. right
0: next to each each
1: individual mark on the wall. It, it is pretty cool for sure. So yeah, excited to cross off a new ballpark and get to cover a Pirates team that could, just got done
0: sweeping the Brewers. Yeah, you know, what, to, what what's up with that? You know what, that is called a young team learning to get better, and I I mean that candidly. Like, look, I've seen this. That Brewers team wasn't 100%. No. And I think some of it is some of the aftershock of Hater, And mm-hmm. I hate saying stuff like this because it sounds like I'm diminishing a really good series win. And I don't want to do that. That was a fine series of baseball from the Pirates, mm-hmm. not just because they won three games, but how they did it and who mm-hmm. contributed and who Marcano comes up and he comes through with a couple big hits he has good at bats the entire series whenever he gets caught up hayes has an incredible double play and has a couple rbi hits the night before reynolds boy this is why brian reynolds they didn't talk about him that much (laughs) during the trade deadline We'll, we'll talk more about the trade deadline here in segment two a little bit but that's that was second to the Dodgers series the best series of baseball i have seen the pirates play and it's not because all three aspects of the team were clicking the entire time. The offense, the starting pitching, the relief pitching, the the fielding. No, it was because whenever one part dipped, another part picked up.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: everyone had their time to shine. And that, that was just a good series win. That is, I, I put in a ton of quotes of just that. My, my gamer for Thursday was very quote heavy. I, I wanted it to be. Just people saying, like, guys, you can't – we know at the end of the day these are just three wins from a team that's going to win somewhere between 60 and 70.
1: Mm-hmm. These
0: are three big ones moving forward.
1: Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I, I even asked uh, Derek Shelton uh, Tuesday night, you know, I was like, this is just one game, 162. Uh, but given what had happened, I mean, 24 hours prior – you know, Quintana's gone, Stratton's gone. Those are two huge, um how, two huge guys in the clubhouse. Yeah.
0: How easy would it have been for them just to roll over this series because they did yeah. lose two guys, and I, and I wrote about mm-hmm. that. Like losing Stratton, that stung.
1: That yeah.
0: stung for a lot of people. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't want that to be undersold. Like they, they didn't pound, but boy did that leave an impact on a lot of people yeah it really does and that's that's
1: the the main reason why i wanted to ask that was because like what, what did that mean for for this team to go through what they went through and then just the 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 anxiety that does accompany every single baseball just about every single baseball player on trade deadline day not knowing especially whenever it goes later in the day like it did this year i don't know why it did why they did it that way it's normally before, what four Eight o'clock and it was yeah Eight and in it in. was six o'clock so it's trade deadlines going up to an hour before first pitch you don't know who's staying who's going um pirates are clearly in selmo they've already sold vogel back cantana stratton like are they going to go full-blown fire sale is either Brian Reynolds or David Bernard are going to be traded. I don't think people like us were really that concerned about that, but I mean, you still know that, that there were teams of calling, and you know, you, you can never take anything off the table. I mean, if somebody came in with it with an offer that just blew the pirates away and just could not say no, like it, it, it ends up happening, but you know, just for all of that to happen, and then to go out and to and to get a big win when they fall down three nothing, they come back, they tie, they 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 tie it, and they take the lead in a five run uh, sixth inning, and then from that point on, from from that moment on, they finish off that game. They then they go on they and they win two games uh, via walk off. I mean, those are those are. It's a huge series for this team, not because it was three wins in three games. It's it almost has nothing to do with results, and it just has to do like with results in the in the standings, but just in terms of team attitude and, and being able to, uh, how do I want to say this? Being able to to really to to execute and to play good baseball. In the face of adversity, and being able to be like, okay, we're a young team, but we're gonna we're gonna gel together. We're gonna figure this thing out all together, and that way, whenever it's time to time to compete, we're we're ready to go. And these are the necessary steps that need to be taken.
0: Yeah, and I wrote this once. I'll reemphasize it. Everything you said right there, it gets a lot easier. Recognize what steps you have to take to get better it makes your ball club better now and in the future, you know, because he's here for a couple of years whenever you do have a Brian Reynolds. Because mm-hmm. trading him or Bednar, I think, would have been a would have been a white flag. Yeah. You would have, uh, yeah. have signaled something that nobody wanted to give that signal for. And not saying that some guys wouldn't play hard or that even the whole team wouldn't play hard, but boy, they would lose losing Stratton is tough. It's a losing mm-hmm. a leader. Losing or trading Reynolds or Bennar or someone of, of, akin to that, and I I don't think there are any Hayes, which there was absolutely zero 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 percentage yeah that happening. Yeah. Like it, that would have been a gut punch of what are we even doing here this year? Like, yeah, and they don't have that, and that's what makes a series win. Whenever you escape, not escape, you get through the home stand, you finish strong against a team that has been bullying you all year even though you've been playing these close games you finally come out on the right side of three of them mm-hmm. and you move on it's like okay next step what's next
1: yeah that's that and that's awesome now they go
0: go on the road and
1: we know the road is a different environment in baseball obviously and they're about to go on a really long road trip you know I've got three games in baltimore four in arizona three in san francisco um baltimore's playing some pretty dang good baseball, uh, whether,
0: whether ownership wants it or not. Right.
1: (laughs) I mean, they just, they've been, uh, they, I mean, obviously they trade Mancini and you know, that, that, you know, takes a, you know, takes a significant player out of the lineup, but um, you know, that's not going to be an easy series uh, by any stretch. And um, it's going to be the next thing. There's just going to be more, more steps, uh, hopefully in the right direction for this team. Um, for these guys to, to be able to figure things out and figure out uh, um, how to stay ahead of the curve, you know, for hitters to stay ahead of the, the cat and mouse game uh, with pitchers and uh, for pitchers to be able to uh, learn how to, um, you know, do some of the things that they got to watch Jose Quintana do. Learn how to be able to throw, live in the strike zone, but not in the middle of the strike zone, so that they mm-hmm. can, you know, try to um, execute pitches and, and and pitch deep into games and and get hitters out. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to want to see that now that now that one of the guys who was taking away at bats is gone. Yoshi's gone. Um, you know that that that. <laughs> That that's a that's a big help right there. Um, yeah, that that's for,
0: addition by subtraction. Yeah,
1: I, I, I every every time I hear that phrase, I always think of Michael Scott going, mm, that doesn't make any sense, but it really does in this case. It really yeah. does, and um, yeah, I'm 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 really excited to see uh, these younger guys. Really, it, it, this is what should be happening after the trade deadline. Um and, and it's good that, that the pirates are actually doing it.
0: Speaking of the trade deadline, whenever we get back, we're gonna talk about the trades that didn't happen. Reynold Bender and you know some pitching that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast, the name later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Chris, I'm I'm not going to lie, this trade deadline was a lot less stressful than last year's to to cover. Not to say that, you know, you're not inquiring, you're not trying to get info or anything, but this was a much quieter affair than last year whenever Mm -hmm. they made, what, like four trades or something in the matter of a couple days. This Mm -hmm. this one was a, a quick Band aid pull with Daniel Vogel back, and then and then the most anticipated trade of uh, Jose Quintana with Stratton thrown in, which even by mm-hmm. itself isn't that it, it was surprising, but it's in the grand scheme of things, you know, makes fundamental sense for why they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple controllable guys also came up in in trade talks, and two of them were like we alluded to, Brian Reynolds and and David Benard, but. I, and I got it from a source that JT Brubaker and Mitch Keller were a couple other guys that were inquired about. And I, I'm going to preface that I don't know how far these talks got. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the Pirates are offering. I imagine a lot because they are two pitchers who are having – some people are going to look at the ERA and they're just going to say, how can you say they're having good seasons? But they are because JT Brubaker, I, I wrote previously in a mound visit, is getting absolutely no defensive help. And in the grand scheme of things, he's had like two or three bad starts that's loaded his ERA up pretty significantly. He has mm-hmm. been effective. He has figured out his stuff. And Mitch Keller, ever since he's added the singer to the rotation, has just been flat out good. He has been someone that you could pitch an, any major league rotation in the middle of it or front mm-hmm. end of it. And nobody would blink twice. He is having a very good, you know, it, it's two plus months at this point. It's not a small sample size. This is a third of his season. He's done very yeah. well. So. I asked this more for brew Baker because I don't see this happening at all with Keller this season, mm-hmm. but we're going right. to hear about Brian Reynolds trade rumors again this winter. We're going to hear about David Benard trade rumors occasionally again, this winter. Mm-hmm. Do you entertain it with Bruce Baker considering the pitching that you've got coming up behind you? Like like there's obvious he was the opening day starter. He's a really good pitcher. He is someone that you can put in the back end of a rotation, but he's also other teams value that as well and I I don't know. I don't I I hate I doing you know trade for prospect talk, but if you could get major league help somewhere to address that, I think there's something that you have to entertain there.
1: Yeah, if if you're bringing in, I, I think if it, it would have to be the absolute right move, and it would have to be something that I think really, I mean, really impacts the lineup or really impacts. I and it, it's it would have to either somehow impact the rotation, which I, I don't understand why you would be trading Brew Baker to impact the rotation uh, in, uh that, that doesn't make sense so i mean unless you're bringing in a guy who's really going to impact the lineup um who's gonna give you real production whether it be you know m- maybe somewhere in, in, the, in the middle of the lineup and maybe in a five or six spot something like that i i, I don't I'm a firm believer just from my years of watching baseball that you can never have too much starting pitching. I would rather have Brubaker, Keller, uh, when, when Priester is here, when Burroughs is here, when all these guys are here, I would rather have eight or nine guys who are all absolutely worthy of pitching in a major league rotation, not be able to all pitch in the major league rotation because there just isn't enough room and have an absolute surplus of pitching. That's what I would rather have just because you can never have too much pitching. Um, I've seen it time and time and time again, watching this game. Yeah. You can, you can, you can never have too much pitching in this game. Uh, I mean, I I don't care how many good starting pitches, pitchers you have six, seven, eight of them doesn't matter. Uh, There's just, there's not a cap on it. I, I would rather have that surplus every single time and deal with that problem. Um, then to then have to worry about anything else. Uh, and plus when it comes to guys who are going to be on their way, when it comes to these prospects, you, you just, you never know. You, you can think all day. Quinn Priester looks like, looks like he's going to be a, a piece in rotation. Burroughs looks like, a, like looks like a guy. You still don't know until they, they actually get here and pitch. So, um, Baker, he's definitely trending in the right direction. Definitely looks like a guy who can be a part of the rotation. Uh, I don't want to give up on that unless you are absolutely getting something back. That's going to contribute like significantly to the lineup.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. I'm going to agree with the old adage that you can never have too much starting pitching, but as a counterpoint, Mm -hmm. the pirates have too many starting pitcher types right now that are kind of on the fringe that I look at Mm -hmm. because You could look at Bryce Wilson, who is actually strung together a couple, a good stretch of, you know, Mm -hmm. starts here now that he's really leaned into the sinker more. You Mm -hmm. look at Zach Thompson, Johan Oviedo, who they got in the Quintana trade, they, boy, did they keep saying starter and starter traits during that introduction of who he is. So he's going to get a look there. And then you've got the, the Burroughs and the Priesters and the Rowanzis and you know, all these really good prospects and young pitchers. And it's it's kind of like, I'm not saying trade JT Brubaker because you've got Johan Oviedo, who is unproven and I think had like an ERA of five-something for the Cardinals AAA affiliate. I'm going to call it as I see it. I think he's a reliever instead mm-hmm. of a major league starter. He's done right. well as a major league reliever. I don't know why you don't just take that and run. But you this past offseason, we saw Will Crow go into the bullpen role, and that did he did really well there. And maybe you could do that with a Thompson, with an Oviedo, with a Wilson or something. But if they want these guys to be starters, then maybe brew baker does become a little more expendable if if not this offseason next offseason whenever he has 2 years of control and you have all those young starting pitchers coming up yeah. it's it's a messy situation if you could get a real middle of the order bat yes go for it whenever i look at this lineup of where they would want a middle of the order bat if it's not a first baseman it would probably have to be attached to some other move if they get a corner outfielder who can do it well they've got 7,000 outfielders left-hand <laughs> hitting corner outfielders on the 40-man roster, right. one of them or a couple of them are probably going to have to go at, at that point. So trading mm-hmm. Baker definitely don't do it for prospects because the major league no. team I don't think is that far away. Go back to the first segment. I know they're only going to win 60-something games next year or this year, but next year could be more promising. I don't want to do that. I only want to trade or entertain a trade if it's to supplement the major league team and the major league team would require other forms of movement with the roster. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those, I was very intrigued that there were some talks about it. I was very intrigued that other teams are already identifying Pirates starting pitchers at, at this stage of their careers before they are technically arbitration eligible as good guys to target. It, it's something that's just been floating around in my head for a little bit. So I, I've been <laughs> just knowing what's going on They're like okay well. I'm going to keep an eye on this this offseason because if it happened during the trade deadline, I can guarantee you there are going to at least be a couple calls during the winter because that's a whole lot longer of a period.
1: Mm-hmm. No, and I I definitely don't think it's something that that is automatically dismissed. I think another reservation for, for me is, okay, Quintana's gone. Who are your veterans in the rotation? and unless you sign
0: another one which which they probably will they they you always need someone like that right
1: and and yeah it's definitely good to have somebody like that to to be able to to be that that you know in that mentorship in that veteran role you know helping the young guys along um but sometimes the it's it's good for the veteran guy to be somebody who came up with the team and and, and, yeah. and I mean and, and that would be I think a really really ass-
0: far removed from it. Like you said, like no. yeah. he, he also got his rookie's year started. I think he's like 28 right now. Yeah. Which I mean, not to suggest that's old, but he's been around the block. He's been through mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Yeah. There's very few things that a pitcher can say, I've been through this, and he can't say, Oh, I know what that's like. Yep.
1: I mean, it's it's nice to be able to bring in the, bring in the veteran guys who can who can help and who can really really like lead a rotation. Whether not, maybe not necessarily they're the number one pitcher in in this case, you know, Quintana was. But even going back to years like you know where AJ Burnett was like in the rotation, you know he you know clearly while he was one of the better pitchers in that rotation, I mean wasn't always the best, but still I just it's good to have those guys but I I I kind of I'm really intrigued by the idea of the Pirates having a guy in that rotation that has just already who has been with the organization from the beginning like from from the start and and coming up and and establishing himself with this club I think that's that's something that could really really speak to um, to the younger pitchers who do step in when, when Priester is here when Rowanzi comes back when Burroughs is here that they can look to a guy like 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 Baker and be like hey this guy did everything that he needed to do worked through everything he needed to do on this mound within this you know with this club and I think that's I think that's uh, I think that's something that could really speak to the younger guys too
0: hey we're gonna take one more break we got a little more show left whenever we get back here. To the parts podcast to be named later. Chris really. I'm gonna out Chris here for a moment. Oh no. Because what happened? We we were getting ready to start the call, we were getting ready to record, and Chris is like, hang on, hang on. I gotta think of a Yu Chang reference. And I'm like, <laughs> You you can't do that. It has to be organic, and I, I feel like I need to address this so people call us out if it ever sounds like we're. Shoehorning Yu Chang into an episode like we are right now. Hey, you know what?
1: Whenever you whenever you said you asked him up organically, I decided in my mind I'm not gonna bring him up.
0: I was like, well, I'm not gonna bring him, you know, whatever. And so and now Yu you chang doesn't come up in organic conversation for you.
1: <laughs> not unless somebody asks, Oh, I'm not you know what, I'm not gonna be that main. Never mind, I'm not gonna say that.
0: It was <laughs> well. Listeners, we are just going to forever wonder what fruit was left on the vine.
1: (laughs) That's some low-hanging fruit.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) With that, thank you so much for listening to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. Get all the shows that we got here. Chris, you have any final words of wisdom? Uh, yeah. Uh, go back in time and do not trade for Yu Chang. That's that's what you do if you go back in time.
1: Yeah, if I had a time machine, that would be the one thing that I would
0: do. That would be the one thing. Okay, we're done with this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We have to catch you up to date with world history.